0: And welcome to the Bloomingdale Church Podcast My name is Max Turman uh, I'm your moderator And with me this week is Children's Director Kristen Burnett Okay, this is the part where yeah, you, everybody clap, Kristen, clap, we clap, 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 we clap, clap. Yeah, we clap yeah. for myself.
1: Yeah. Clap yeah, for you,
2: for
0: you. <laughs> Youth Director Chelsea Reinhold hey. And joining us later, presumably, is Old Person Director Bill Yeah,
2: Cowell. Bill, we love Bill, yeah, Bill.
0: Uh, it's funny, I've never had a show where no one on the show was a regular before. So this as is going to be
3: exciting. At was, least I've been here before. Right, twice. you've been here twice. I was that doing happened.
0: the intro and I was like, I don't think they're going to just immediately burst into applause. You should have
3: started with me. I would have known what to do.
0: I did. Well, I started with you having the chance to. Uh, Chelsea, true, Chelsea, true. will you pray for us?
3: <laughs> sure, Max.
0: <laughs> before we get canceled.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to. God, thank you for today. Thank you for the chance to come together and have some laughs and hopefully talk about things that matter and to share a little bit about ourselves with the listeners. Um, God, I just pray that you would guide our time together, that you would um, bring to mind things that we might share um, and that this would just be edifying and enjoyable for our listeners. In your name, Jesus. Amen.
0: Amen. Um, well, uh, do, Chelsea, do you want to do a "Would You Rather"?
3: Oh, why the heck not?
0: Segment. All right. Got to
3: channel my inner Scott, former Reed. That's right. All right. You're still Chelsea Reed not, in my phone,
0: by the way. So, am I? Yeah. That's exciting.
3: <laughs> I have not looked at any of these, so full disclaimer. But I think we're going to do some mix and match. Ooh, all and right. If it's really awful, yeah, we'll just roll with it. Cool. Perfect. All right. So, Max, would you rather? Oh, this is very similar to the one I read before we went on the air. Would you you rather take a bumpy two-mile ride sitting wedged, feet hanging out in the main compartment of a small metal shopping cart (laughs) or have the power of the president of the United States every day for the rest of your
0: life? (laughs) Uh, The second one, I think.
3: The power of the president?
0: As long as I don't have to be the president.
3: Oh, you just want the power. I just want the power. I don't want the the responsibility. responsibility. (laughs) Sounds about right. Yeah,
0: I think so. Yeah. I'm under 30. I think I'm allowed to have that perspective on responsibility.
3: Kristen, I'm going to give you a new question because why not, right? Yeah. We're going off script. It's Thanksgiving week. Would you rather...
0: Everyone's gone.
3: (laughs) ...get hurled by a catapult into the ocean 100 feet from shore or... i got to find that one. Or... mm, We're just nope. Okay, we're skipping that one. There wasn't a good one on that page. I know. I know. None of them fit right. Sometimes, like, anyways. Scott
0: makes it look so easy.
3: He does. He's got a lot of experience, though.
0: Well, that's true. All
3: right, I'm gonna like take a look at this before I get myself stuck.
1: Oh. All
3: right. Would you rather hang upside down from the Eiffel Tower, suspended by a nylon cord, hard pass, or be three feet tall and beautiful?
1: (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's really hard because I. <laughs> you were three feet tall. You'd fit in with the You'd children. You'd see eye
0: to eye with the children. <laughs> that's true.
1: So well. Okay, so because I hate heights, mm. so I don't think I would ever mm. say the Eiffel Tower. But I'm thinking that that one is temporary, it where is. the three feet tall one. Yeah, I would have to be that high for the rest of my life. It's true. Yeah, so knee biter. <laughs> I could. um so I think I'm going to go with the Eiffel Tower and just have, be panicked for five minutes and then mm. be over with it. Mm-hmm.
0: I will say. It
1: doesn't say how long you're hanging upside down.
0: You're, you're well, I'm
1: going to assume it's short. <laughs> <Okay>.
0: <laughs> She'll Fair climb enough. back up the nylon cord. Fair as enough. It, you know, as you're afraid of heights, being three feet tall definitely gets you closer to the ground so i don't know if you're afraid of how tall you are now like if you walk around and get vertigo <laughs> but being three feet tall could help fix that
3: this is true would you like me to do more
0: uh, ask yourself one.
3: Oh, i have to ask myself one yeah okay. i feel like it's cheating when i'm looking I, at them though. i can read one yeah oh. kristen can all right kristen's gonna mix jump in. In. i just shuffled randomly
1: okay now i can see how hard this is um, <laughs> you might have a really easy card yeah she's just gonna oh, nail it first time this one's interesting be forced to sit deadly still for 12 hours straight but not sleep or keep constantly moving for 36 hours straight. What? This is not a mix and match.
3: Uh, that's that's too But it's a great it's too question. On nose. Oh, you have to see. Write. I picked one from two different categories. Chelsea,
1: now you are. Like, why is this so easy? You just read it. <laughs> <laughs> She's so
3: blonde, she can't even read a stupid card. <laughs> yeah. Um. So let's Answer see. Me, question. me. Yes. You. Um. Okay. So what was it? I got distracted trying to see if you were going to mix and match. <laughs> Sit still for twelve hours and not sleep, or be constantly moving for how long? Thirty-six hours straight. I practically do that already. I'll go with the thirty-six hours straight.
0: What? <laughs> yeah. It's it's twelve hours, right? Twelve hours sitting. Sitting
3: still and not sleeping.
0: Yeah, I'd do twelve hours.
3: <laughs> that would be still. so hard for me. I would
1: do moving. I just not be easy. I
0: so I I mean, I have pulled maybe four all-nighters in my life. Oh, it's brutal. It's brutal. By the time yeah. you get to like hour eighteen, you're already like starting to get woozy. Yeah. So like, I just don't think I could double that. Right. Like, yeah. how am I going to keep myself like going?
3: I mean, just sitting in a chair and flailing your arms around, I think, is not exactly what is at the heart of this question.
0: I guess that's fair. Yeah.
3: Well, anyways. Well. I'm glad we've done the would you rather. Yes. I thoroughly got confused. Thank you. Times. very much. Well, you know, <laughs> great.
0: we're flying by the seat of our pants today. Speaking of which, Kristen, will you give me a number between one and a thousand and one?
1: Sure, let's do 763.
0: 763, Uh, this comes to us now. (laughs) I'm really excited about this. This comes to us from 1001 Things You Always Wanted to Know About the Bible but Never Thought to Ask by, do you know who it's by, Chelsea? No. It's by J. Stephen Lang, born and raised uh, just outside of Nashville, Tennessee, Um, MA from Wheaton College. Oh. Right, uh, this book came out in like ninety. Eight, just a little bit younger than I am. Uh, And this comes from the section Literature, Theater, and Movies, 763, Leo Tolstoy, 1828-1910. to The Russian genius who gave the world war and peace, Anacrania, and other classics was deeply influenced by the Bible. Though a wealthy aristocrat, his study of the New Testament, particularly Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, brought a conversion to... Quote to a religion of love. End quote. He rejected traditional Christianity, but pursued a lifestyle based on the teachings of Jesus. Jesus was, he said, the greatest moral teacher, not the Son of God. He abandoned Wrong. belief. Thank you. It's a good question. <laughs> just to clarify. Very, to, yes, that's important to say. <laughs> is Jesus like just a great dude? Nah. What is he? He's God. He's they,
3: full of God, fully man.
0: That's right. What a mystery. I know. Anyway, he abandoned belief in an afterlife uh, or even a personal God. One of his philosophical books was titled The Kingdom of God is Within You, taken from Luke seventeen twenty-one. He <laughs> referred to himself as, oh boy, he referred to himself as, quote, God's older brother.
3: He quote. was an idiot. He
0: <laughs> 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 that's, I think you might be right. Um, that's. That's crazy. If <laughs> you, you didn't believe in God, how would you describe yourself as God's older brother?
1: I mean, how do you come to that conclusion? Right? There's, he was crazy. I suppose.
3: Uh,
0: I guess my follow-up question is, have you ever called yourself God's older sister, Chelsea?
3: Absolutely not. Why not? Because that's
0: ludicrous. I want to. Let's get into this. Why?
3: Why not? Yeah. yeah. Because God... Has always existed, and I've only been alive for 30 years. So, like, I'd have to be pretty stupid to think I was to claim the position of God's older sister.
0: Mm. Hmm. This came up a little bit last week uh, when we talked about uh, sort of uh, Bible verses showing up in pop culture, whether it's songs or movies or stuff like that. Mm. Um, but I want to talk about this idea that uh, Tolstoy seems to have really grabbed onto of Jesus being like a really great religious teacher or a spiritual moral guy, um, but not uh, being love God. To say that. Yeah, for sure. Well, so I had a I had a high school teacher who referred to herself as a quote recovering Mormon. Um, so she was a hardcore atheist. Uh, really drilled that into into us as her students, um, and one of the things that she said that I didn't I don't I didn't call out at the time because I didn't recognize what it was. True. But she said the only two men who have ever given up absolute power are George Washington and Jesus Christ. And at the time I was like, Hey, she said something good about Jesus. That's pretty cool. But right around the time I graduated college, I was like, That was a ploy. Like mm-hmm. that was just her saying like, Yeah, Jesus is like you know George Washington right. for the first century. Mm -hmm. Um, and now I re like, now I realize like, oh, that's, yeah, she's just trying to bring Jesus way the heck down and be like, he was a good dude. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. What do we, what do you, and I want to be pragmatic about this. Like if your friend says that, if your friend from work says like, Jesus was like a pretty, he was a good dude, but like, you know, I don't, you know, I think that was it. Like you can't. Well, you can slap him in the face. And oh, be I like, might,
3: since I work at a church.
0: Well, <laughs> so t- how do we respond to that? How do you How do you personally respond to that? And then if, if your answer of how should a different person than you respond to that is different, uh, I want to walk through that, too.
3: Sure. I was just being sassy. Um, most people listening are not working in a church. I mean... Uh, this is probably trite at this point, but people who have addressed this particular perspective of like, oh, Jesus was like a really great teacher or like a really good moral example. Well, he was either, you know, the um, Lord, lunatic or liar perspective. And we love alliteration. Hmm. And so I think, yes, of course, Jesus lived a very loving life and he did provide a lot of good moral teachings. And he like claimed to be God. Like, Mm -hmm. and so if you're not going to buy into, or if you're going to like ignore that aspect of. Jesus and his ministry. Cause he was like really clear about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got himself in like trouble with the religious leaders for being clear about it. Yeah, And like, if you're going to sort of not pay attention to that, you can't really claim that he was just like a good moral teacher. If he's mm-hmm. also bold faced lying to people, yeah. um, about, his identity. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Or he's delusional. Or
3: he's delusional. He's like just, cra- he's a lunatic. And right. if that's the case, then like, do you really want to be listening to what he has to say about anything? Yeah. Um, so I guess that would be um, the best place to go. And I'm, I'm learning this more as I get older is to say like, what does, what does scripture have to say about that question mm. that you have or that claim that you're making? And then it's like, you don't have to take my word for it. Like you can look at the words of Jesus and see, yeah, he did claim to be God. Mm. Um he did claim authority in ways that, like, no human person ought to be doing, mm. um, who isn't also fully God. Um, so I guess that would be probably my approach to that. But it also really depends on, like, my relationship with the person. Mm. Um, because it sounds like your teacher was coming from a really jaded and, and wounded place. Yeah. And so engaging with people who are dealing with that versus just like, oh, yeah, you know, like I think he's just like a good teacher, but mm. don't have any religious baggage inherently to kind of unpack, um, it might look a little bit different. Hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: Kristen, have you run into this a lot?
1: I have not. um, Having grown up in a Christian circle in Mm. the church and being homeschooled and then going to a Bible college (laughs) and not working at a church, um, I haven't run into questions like this. Mm. Um, Rarely, if at all. Mm. also the the people that you minister to are little people right right (laughs) that helps (laughs) yeah it's nice how much they they just believe what you say like either Mm. for you know for my age because i'm only with preschool to third grade they either haven't heard it before Mm. or they just believe what you're saying Mm. because that's what they've heard too so it's it's nice
0: for sure Mm. one of the things that i sort of dreaded um, that I was relieved to go to Wheaton for, because coming out of public school, I had just this intense feeling of, like, I don't know how to explain anything that I believe to the mm-hmm. hordes of people that I know who don't. And, in fact, consider that like a asterisk against my intelligence, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then going to Wheaton, I was hoping... To, like, go in and be like, I'm going to learn how to explain it. But I think my temptation that I fell into was, like, I'm just actually just going to hide, right? Like, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, great. Mm-hmm. Now I don't have to explain it. And yeah. I'll never try again.
3: 100%. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Which I, like, and listeners may know, that like, I've said this before, like, the last year or two I have really been convicting in terms of, like, mm-hmm. I can't hide in a hole in the ground anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, even though I'd really like to, uh, just wait Mm -hmm. for Jesus to come back and then I'll walk out and be like, I was here the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and so did you, you know, sort of like you said, like growing up in that, in that circle and like going to Moody and stuff, like, do you relate to my desire to to just, like, talk to people who either get it or mm-hmm. won't fight me?
1: <laughs> right. Oh, absolutely. Um, it was very easy to stay hidden and sheltered. And then mm. um, both at Moody and then even more so now because it's taking so much time to just transition mm. into the job that I haven't even, like, really thought about. Yeah. Outreaching to people other than kids or people with kids. Yeah. Um, so... However, while I was at Moody, I worked at Chick Fil A um, right oh, okay. in downtown Chicago. So it's a Christian company, but there might have been one other coworker with me who was a Christian, mm. um, and I got to be pretty close with my coworkers, considering you know how coworkers can be pretty distant <laughs> at like a fast food restaurant, you know. Yeah. Um, so they would ask me questions here and there about, um, about what I believed and why I didn't do certain things, you know. Yeah. Um, and what I noticed was that it's the temptation is, oh, let me just gather all of these facts so that when somebody asks, I yeah. can have like the perfect answer for them. Mm-hmm. But that's never how it actually works because different people are coming from very different places, like you Mm -hmm. mentioned, Chelsea. And so Mm -hmm. you don't want to have, you know, just this um, choreographed response that you give to somebody, but it has to vary based on who you're talking to Mm -hmm. and what they need to hear and what they're actually asking. Um, So having general knowledge about topics is certainly helpful, but it's not, it's not something that you need to memorize or something that you need um, to be, to understand every aspect of it before you can approach somebody.
0: Hmm. Well, this actually um, bleeds really well into what we we're going to talk about for Sermon Roundup. So we'll go ahead and jump into that. Um, this week, our, our sermon was given by a uh, special guest, Eric Mason, from the South Asian Friendship Center. Uh, and he describes himself as sort of like an international worker in working in the United States, right? Which I mm-hmm. love. Yeah. Um, because yeah uh, not
3: something we think about usually
0: united states needs missionaries <laughs>
3: should,
2: yeah, sure
0: does. <laughs> uh, for the people who don't know god and the people who think they do
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh
0: mm-hmm. all of all of us right um and so uh his podcast that he was talking about is called yeah, muslims, muslims want Wanna to know. know um and it's sort of all about answering these questions that followers of islam have in, in particular about christianity and so the two questions that he gave as examples are like, how can God die? And how can God have a son? Um, and so you both lead, you know, different ministries for different age groups, right? Mm-hmm. And we've already kind of gotten into this a little bit. But like, how do you go about answering questions? And Chelsea, I'm sure you probably, as you said, Kristen, like, you probably get a lot more questions. Um then then, you know, the preschoolers are super likely to bring up. Um, but like, you know, how does the answer to those questions like change? Like what you were saying, Kristen, about not wanting to like just stack up a bunch of of facts to throw at somebody. Right. Mm-hmm. But like, how do we adapt the message? How do we adapt what we're saying? How do we adapt? Because you don't want to change the truth. But like, you know, how does it change based on, you know, who you guys are talking to?
2: Mm mm-hmm.
3: I think, you know, the reality is um, uh, the teens that we engage with the most regularly grew up in the church, Mm -hmm. and so I think the the unfortunate reality is I don't know that a lot of them are are necessarily thinking really Mm. critically about some of these things. I know I didn't when I grew up in the church. Like, Mm -hmm. I never... I also like Kristen, i also grew up in a very christian bubble i went to private school i went to christian college and so i wasn't i wasn't personally confronted with these kinds of questions in school or from peers and so it just it wasn't like a thing that i really thought about because Mm. i just i believed what scripture said to be true and so like the idea of like how can god die like i didn't really think about that i don't Mm. know (laughs) yeah and um so I don't know if that's a little bit where where they're at too. Yeah. Um but you know, I don't hear a lot of these kinds of questions and so when Eric mentioned them I was like, "Man, I don't know how I would respond to that question." Right? And so mm. like you um Max, I'm like, "I've been happy in my little hole. I don't <laughs> I don't know how to answer some of these things and like I've been okay with that, but I I think I need to be less okay with that." Mm. Um And so, so yeah, that doesn't really answer your, your question overall, which I think was, how do we kind of adapt to answering the questions um, that people are coming with? And I think we need to be aware of the, the broad like narrative that they're hearing Mm. um, to be able to kind of speak in a way that is not going to inherently like affront (laughs) all of these things that they're hearing all the time. And I'm really, I struggle with that. I'm like, Hmm. I don't have time to keep up with all of the well, TikTok and like all of these things and cultural things like I'm just barely trying to survive my adult life <laughs> and um so that's hard but there is value in knowing um the kinds of things that that they're hearing from culture and so mm. especially when you think about issues about you know um, sexuality and, and gender yeah. um and, and all of that stuff that's hugely talked about and culturally um at the forefront right now it's important to know that stuff when they're asking questions about marriage or um, whatever manhood, womanhood um, that the messages that they're getting are going to be very antithetical to what scripture says Mm. as a whole. And so having that context I think is helpful in, in approaching questions, but also um, I think maybe you were saying this, Kristen, Kristen, but like the context behind the question, like, what is it? Why are they asking the question? Is it, Um, you know, for example, a gender or attraction question is like, is this something that someone in their life is dealing with a friend, Mm -hmm. them personally? And so being able to approach it as a person and not just a question, I think is really important.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Um, In the context of these two questions specifically, he was talking about um, this is Questions that uh, Muslims are prepared to ask Christians mm-hmm. when they want to kind of dismantle trip, the trip us up the Christian faith, <laughs> yeah. 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 So I mean, I would imagine that your response would be different if you're mm. um, talking with somebody who is like on the offensive, you know, ready to attack mm-hmm. whatever you say next, yeah. and then if it's somebody who genuinely wants to know. It's um, mm. a good point. Yeah. So it's I. I think it would be okay to just ask, hey, why, why do you ask? Why do you want to know? Um, in case you aren't sure of their intentions. Hmm. Um, and then it's also always okay to say, I don't know, but would you like to look into that together? And it's not, hmm. if it isn't something that they're actually interested in, you know, then they're not gonna, yeah. they're not gonna pursue it with you. Hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So then what's the next step? If somebody says yes, right? If you say like, do you want to look into it together? Like what are how how can we how can i right as an individual like pursue the answers to these questions what are like resources methods like if i say, if i told you that i wanted to like try to do some um, apologetics like what would you say
3: i'm grateful for people in my life who know a lot more than i do hmm. <laughs> like bill for example and <laughs> be like hey bill where should i go to learn about this yeah. um So I think that that's always an okay thing. Like, not outsourcing, but knowing the people in your life who are resources to point you in the right direction. Hmm. Like, Scott is, like, all about apologetics. Like, he's really into it. Um, we all say he should have been a lawyer because he, he just loves to argue. <laughs> He's very intelligent and he can argue a point well, which is great. I'm not like that. Um,
0: you are intelligent.
3: Thank you. But I don't like to argue. <laughs> um, but, you know, he would be someone that I'd be like, hey, what's a good resource for learning about apologetics that hmm. might be a good starting point? Um, because I don't know about you guys, but I get overwhelmed by the Internet. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't even know where to start. I'm yeah. just, there's too many things. It's like libraries. They freak me out. There's too much information. I don't know Where to start? So, that would be my first step. Would be to go to someone that I know and respect um, as a person of faith in Jesus, and be like, "Hey, do you have thoughts about where I could start Mm. looking?" Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Christian, where have you gone?
1: Um, I think that's a great start. I. I am not afraid of going to the internet. I'm 22, so I'm, I'm Gen Z. Yeah. Um, so the internet does not scare us. <laughs> um, but yeah, I am doing a, a lot of work for the um, licensing application, mm-hmm. and that involves answering probably 50-some doctrinal questions. Mm-hmm. And um, for a lot of them, I've just gone to Google and said, what does the Bible say about this topic? And then that has been really helpful um at bringing up different bible verses that you know i i might have heard of them but i don't know where they are in the bible or or things like that so it's Mm -hmm. it's been helpful i don't think there's any shame in turning to the internet first oh no i certainly do but when it comes to questions (laughs) like how could god die i mean that's a
3: little bit feels a little bit less like well what does the bible say about x like I don't know. Hmm. Snakes. <laughs>
0: sure. <laughs> what does the Bible say about snakes? We were
3: reading about that passage where um, the bronze the bronze snake. snake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so that's where my brain jumped. <laughs> <laughs> what does the Bible say about snakes? <laughs> <laughs> Teach me, Internet.
0: That makes sense. Well, so last question for for sermon roundup, um, and it's a it's it's not a trap. Oh gosh. It's not a trap.
3: <laughs> you had to preface. Relax. Okay. Well, I'm
0: I nervous. often ask a question that's that sounds rhetorical okay. or obvious. Okay. But I think it's important to clearly state obvious things.
3: Yes, is, I would agree. Is, like when I said wrong.
0: That's right. <laughs> or when you said was well, the Bible say as next? Is God afraid of questions? No. Is God afraid of like oh,
1: doubt? no. <laughs> no.
3: I mean, I actually one of the books that were well, the book we're working through with our youth leaders right now is called Lead Them to Jesus, and it's mm-hmm. written by Mike McGarry, who is a youth pastor, um, whose call is to youth ministry specifically, and he writes a lot of cool stuff. But anyways, it's basically a manual for youth workers, and the first portion deals with some um, sort of theological questions that students might raise, and yeah. one of them had to do with doubt that we read recently. And it was kind of like if they're, if you are doubting one thing, it doesn't mean you doubt everything, which mm. I thought was a really interesting perspective mm. because, you know, we can kind of sometimes panic if someone in our life is doubting something. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality is if you're doubting, you're engaging and you're wrestling and thinking a yeah. lot, and um, mm-hmm. so yeah, no. God, God's totally cool with our questions and our doubts um, because He knows that we're broken and mm. fallible, and <laughs> like, we don't know everything. And so, I think Kristen's got something she wants to say. So <laughs> <I'm not talking.
2: laughs> uh,
3: but yeah, no, we can ask God all the questions, and mm. we can doubt, and that's okay.
1: Mm. Are you? Do you want to share something, Kristen? I do, but first, um, I really like what you said. I. I heard that the worst thing that you can do when you are wrestling with big questions about faith is just give up asking them, Mm. um, because that way you will never come to an answer. You'll never end up drawing closer Mm. to God. You will just slowly find yourself drifting away. Mm. Um, you know, which, which can be a really scary thing, even though in the moment, it seems scarier to, um, wrestle with those questions and Mm. ask them. That's, that's the best thing that you can do. Um, and we serve a God who is big enough to um, to handle those questions. Hmm. And so and I wanted to read from Psalm 88. This is where, actually where my devotional for the day directed me this morning. I am reading. Hmm. It's called. Oh, man. What's it called? Is it the prayer book you're reading? It is the prayer book. can't remember what it was What was if called? Jesus was serious about prayer? Oh, oh nice. By okay. okay so time. That's the other prayer book. <laughs> <laughs> Not the one you brought to staff meeting. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So it's talking about confession to God, and this one was specifically um, about questioning. Mm -hmm. And so it took me to Psalm 88, which is the one psalm in all of the book of Psalms that doesn't contain um, any praise in it. So it's just, you know, 18 verses of the psalmist complaining and crying out to God. And he asked several questions in here that because there's no praise or there's no joy at the end. There's no answer to them. Hmm. Um, I'm going to start reading in verse 13. It says, But I, O Lord, cry to you. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. Hmm. O Lord, why do you cast my soul away? Why do you hide your face from me? And so he's asking God, where are you? Um, but he is still bold enough to come to God with that question, even though he doesn't have an answer in the moment. Um because, I mean, God's not going to push him away any further. Um, God honors it when we seek him. That's mm. what the Bible says in, in James, I want to say, yeah. although I could be wrong. But um, that's always the best thing to do with, with someone who is questioning is just give it to God because he is, he's big enough to take those questions and those burdens.
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah. Amen. Well said. Well said. Uh, it is time once again for our quick question of the week. Uh, this week, our quick question is for you, Kristen. Oh, boy. Yeah, get ready.
3: First time on the podcast. Let's go. Let's
0: go. we got going to do our, uh, what's it called? Initiation.
3: Oh, I didn't do the yeehaw when you said sermon roundup.
0: I can edit it in. Do a yeehaw now. I'll edit it in later. Yeehaw. That was pretty good. Here, I'll, <laughs> uh, let me do it. One more. I'll be like, it's time for sermon roundup.
2: Yeehaw.
0: Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> yeehaw.
3: Yeehaw. <laughs> That was for you, Dan.
0: I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> uh, Kristen, you're the newest member of our staff, right?
1: Mm hmm.
0: Uh, you're newer than Aaron. And and he's Josh. an intern, so he's leaving. Well, okay. But the, but
1: Aaron is actually newer than me. Uh, he
0: is newer he than is, you. Yes. Okay. Yes, yeah. Well, but
1: not for long. Not for long.
0: Well. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, he was on last week, so. Aww, I, we love- I missed the opportunity. a A-A Ron. Aaron mm-hmm. Ron. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Quickly. Well, not not quickly. I'm not rushing you. Okay. But I'm going <laughs> to ask you a... What?
3: It's the quick question. Okay. Okay. I'm excited.
0: How did God call you to, to ministry and specifically children's ministry? I, Chelsea kind of gave a little bit of it away, you jerk. Sorry. About feeling called pretty young, pretty early mm-hmm. in your life, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: What did it look like?
1: Yeah. So when I was 11 years old, um, my church was going through a really powerful series that um, was causing me to think about my faith, I guess, is the only way I know how to put it. Um, I had already believed in Jesus when I was five or six and made that commitment to follow him. But when you're six, there's not a lot of things you understand about the world. (laughs) Um, So I remember just... In church when I was 11 years old, the um, pastor did an altar call and um, I came forward and was just praying and kind of um, believing in Jesus again and rededicating my life, but also for the first time um, fully understanding, I guess, what it meant to me that I had sinned and that he had um, died and taken that punishment away. Um, It was just so much more real to me, Um, Mm. and so in that same moment, I just clearly heard God speak to me and calling me into ministry. Um, And so I just started praying about that um, after that Sunday and talking with my mom about it, about what it would look like for me to start serving. Mm. And pretty much the only thing that I could do because I was 11 or 12 years old um, at this time was help out with the children's ministry. Mm. So I would help every other Sunday morning and just stand by the door and wave to kids as they walked in and then when they went to their classrooms I would just hand out markers and paper pretty much Mm. you know barely doing anything (laughs) Um, and then the first feel like serving like did it it did it did and then the first um time I ever did something big in serving I guess was helping out with the day camp um Mm. that my church did and after the end of the week i just felt so exhausted and worn out and i didn't want to do it again Mm -hmm. (laughs) but i just uh, in the weeks that followed had this inexplicable passion for it that no i i want to come back i want to keep doing this and it, it could have only been from god that i wanted to step back into children's ministry again um and that calling has never left since it's only gone stronger with, um, with all of the ways that I've served. So mm. I haven't had a doubt in my mind for all the time that I've been working with kids that this is exactly what God wants me to do. And he's confirmed it in really clear ways. Mm. That's oh. super cool. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
0: Along that path, you know. Uh, I know I I interjected a little bit with that question of, like, did it feel like serving? Um, But, Mm -hmm. like, you know, obviously at that age, like, your options are limited. Did Mm -hmm. it feel limiting or did it feel like you were really, like, you know, satisfied and excited in the ways that you could, like, step in?
1: Mm -hmm. That's a good question. Um, There were definitely times, I don't think at that age, but later on where Mm -hmm. I wanted more. And, you know, because I was really young, it wasn't always handed to me. Hmm. Um, but I am really grateful for the teachers and leaders I've had in my life who have given me like a tremendous amount of responsibility. (laughs) Um, and yeah, I had a train of thought and then I, I lost it, but, um, it's coming back. We got it. Just give me a second. We got all day. (laughs) Great. Um, but Yeah, so when I wanted more responsibility but wasn't immediately handed in it, um, there's nothing I could really do except wait Mm -hmm. for it to come um, and be be faithful in serving in the ways that I could because I knew that was where I was supposed to be, even if it didn't look exactly like I wanted it to. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. So then in sort of transitioning into Bloomingdale, Mm -hmm. Um, That's definitely like the continuing evolution, right, of Mm -hmm. wanting to be in ministry and wanting to serve. So like what, like how does that sort of live on now, right? How does that calling like continue?
1: Yeah, Um, it's been really fulfilling to be here at Bloomingdale Church because this is... Um, exactly what I wanted to do ever hmm. since I want to say the year before I went to Moody I had in my mind my first job option is I want to be a children's pastor at a church mm-hmm. um and so five years later I'm doing exactly that um, so <laughs> it's been incredibly fulfilling hmm. and then um as Marina has pointed out as well, it's been really cool to work with the pack kids mm. um, since they are, you know, pretty much the same age that I was when I first received my mm. calling yeah. and they are helping out every week in Sunday Kids Club. Yeah. Um, so they sit with the kids And they um, help them listen to their Bible stories. They'll, you know, put stickers on their banners to give them, you know, like our award system. Mm -hmm. Um, And they'll teach the memory verse. And it's more than what I got to do when (laughs) I was 11. (laughs) But it just makes me so excited for these kids because, you know, even if they don't want to do children's ministry for the rest of their lives, which is totally fine. Um, <laughs> they are still serving God in a really valuable way, and that's important for, for anybody to be doing. Mm. Um, and then the chance that there might be some of those kids who um, do want to go on to work with children and who are going to be called into ministry is just so exciting to be um, to have them in this place and give them an opportunity to start now while they're young because that that's so foundational.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: absolutely. Absolutely we talk about calling a lot on this show. Um, was it always like obvious, like that, that was the word to use or was it like, you know, did it start as something else or like, were there times kind of going back to like the questions and doubts thing? Like, were there times when it was like, well, like maybe, maybe I want to be a business person. Like, right. (laughs) Maybe there are times when you're like, I want to drive trucks. I don't
2: know.
1: (laughs) Um, uh, I would definitely use the word calling and um, from day one, mm-hmm, yeah, there was never a time where I wanted to do anything else, hmm. um, but there was a time where I didn't know where God wanted me to where God was calling me. so um, for a while, I, I just thought growing up that, oh, to do ministry, you have to be overseas. So my plan was to go to Rwanda, Africa. Uh, my family sponsored a girl out there whose name is Kaisu, along with Compassion International. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wrote letters to her while I was in middle school. And then finally, when I was um, a junior in high school, I went on a trip to Rwanda to visit her. Um, along with a team, and I got to see the different compassion centers in Rwanda um, that do ministry to the kids there in their program. And they had a, a center for pregnant women and women who were nursing, and then we got to see our um, kids for a day, and it was a really cool experience. But it was actually going to Rwanda that showed me that God was not calling me overseas um, mm-hmm. at all. I just I had a lot of culture shock going in and realized, oh, it'll take so much work than I thought mm-hmm. to learn another language and to receive enough training to actually be able to do justice sure. in ministry, mm-hmm. and not you know just come in and. Um, and be kind of useless because I'm so shocked in a different culture, Mm. um, And then at the same time, I had been serving in different um, summer camps back in Louisiana and different um, inner cities and community centers. And there were so many kids that we interacted with that didn't have a Bible at home, that had never heard the name of Jesus other than a swear word. Mm -hmm. And there was such great need just a couple hours away from my own home um, and in my own neighborhood um that i really felt god calling me back there um where there was where there was such a a prevalent need um so that was when i really made that decision um Mm -hmm. that instead of you know going overseas on an internship right away i i wanted to um go to college and learn how to be able to explain my faith well and to do it at an age-appropriate level for kids Mm -hmm. um and so that I could minister well. So, yeah. since I haven't felt that calling to go overseas, um, God has certainly placed me here for for the time being.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm. I want to ask this question because I'm curious. Like, for people who. Um, this is also something that comes up on the show a lot um, for people who aren't called to ministry. Right. Cause everybody who's on this show pretty much uh, with a, a couple notable exceptions, like works at the church. Right. And like ministry is their life. So like, can you, um, <laughs> I don't even know if I want an answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it. Like, can you relate to people who are not called to ministry? <laughs> like, can, like, um, you know, when, when, like, what's your perspective on, on you know, people who are called to, to other industries or don't feel called, right? Industries is funny because it's like, ah, I'm in the church industry. But like people <laughs> who are called to other fields, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, or people who don't feel like they're called at all to a particular, you know, job or, or, or thing like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, I don't know. What's your take on that as someone who's been called for so long?
1: Right? Yeah. Um, there's definitely no greater or lesser calling that God has for his people. Um, back in the Old Testament, when Israel was first becoming a nation, he set up um, all of the sons of Levi to be the priests, and then everyone else was to be um, farmers or parents or weavers or just, you know, whatever whatever they wanted to be. Um, it's not like everybody had to be in a special Position to serve the Lord, they could all honor Him um, in whatever unique things that they were doing. Um, and then in the in the Great Commission in Matthew 28, where He says, "Therefore, go into all the world and make disciples." Um, that little word "go" can also say, as you were going. Hmm. So it's not just, you have to be in another country somewhere else to preach the gospel. It's, hmm. we're, we're all supposed to do it, you know, wherever we go um, and to be a walking witness. So you can do that in an accounting job, in the grocery store, um, in many different locations. And uh, honestly, I think that's a lot harder to do it as you are going than to be in a ministry job where you're kind of forced to do it all the time <laughs> and you're expected to, mm-hmm. you know, so it's a lot easier to have opportunities yeah. to share the gospel um, than it is uh, in a secular job to mm-hmm. do that. But it is still so valuable to, um, to be able to honor God in that way.
2: Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh-huh. uh last thing, uh, is there like, what's one thing that everyone should know about you? Everyone in the church, everyone who hears this, including the strange man <laughs> that we don't know what his name is, who listens to us in the Congo.
3: <laughs> is there really a strange there's, man in the Congo? Uh, uh,
0: I mean, we don't know if he's a man.
2: There's Hello, there's person in, in the, the Congo?
3: Congo. Howdy. That's so cool. Well, I'm glad you're here. Hey-o.
0: Hello. Hello.
3: Um,
1: she climbs rocks.
0: You like to boulder, right?
1: I do, yeah. What's bouldering again? So it's, you know, rock climbing, yeah. but there's no ropes. You're just free climbing, nice. and the walls are only like 15 feet tall. And the ground is just a giant mat. So, you so like when th- you you just fall off when you're done <laughs> and you're fine. <laughs> it doesn't hurt. Like when no. you're
0: when yeah. you're done you just like jump leap off yeah. the wall.
1: Well you climb down a little bit because it's you could still if you fall wrong, right. you still like twist an angle, but <laughs> if you do it once, you'll be Someone fine. doesn't like heights flinging herself on rock walls. It's a contradictory hobby, but... It is contradictory.
0: Well, that explains just why you cool. don't want to be three feet tall because you're going to have yeah. very diminished reach for right. your bouldering. Yeah.
1: That wouldn't be very good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Unless your arms stay the same length. Um, that would be like
1: terrifying. Gorilla. I could walk like a monkey. <laughs> that would be so
0: horrifying. <laughs> but you'd be so light.
2: I bet but you I remember, could just you're going to be three yourself. feet tall
1: and beautiful. So. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, so I would look like a monkey, but I was be beautiful well i'm t- interpreting it that way the new standard beauty. <laughs> the new st-
0: <laughs> um, is, is bouldering uh what uh, everyone should know about you
1: I, I guess so i was gonna say that i really 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 like peanut butter but bouldering makes Ooh. me look a lot cooler Ooh.
3: are you chunky or creamy
1: creamy what uh, i'm out me too. Chunky, Me too. I'm a chunky I'm a chunky man myself. Too. <laughs> Me too,
0: man. Uh, let's get into topic of the week. Topic of the week. Is, we
3: haven't gotten a to topic of the week yet. What are we even doing here? <laughs> that was
0: a quick question. Topic oh, of yeah. the week this week. Uh, this is a it's a three hour show, I forgot. Okay, to
1: great.
3: Uh I'm ready.
0: The <laughs> topic of the week this week is brought to you by the oddest book in the Bible. Philemon. Uh, the letter to Philemon hmm. has been described as the Okay, Chelsea, people pay for these, so can you Sorry. We have to
3: Bruce Gaylord, do you pay
1: for this?
0: Give him a minute. Okay. The letter to Philemon has been described as the, quote, oddest book in the Bible, end quote. It's the only letter that Paul writes to a person. I don't think that's true. What about Timothy and Titus? I should have proofread this. Theologian N.T. Wright's video <laughs> class will help describe what society was like under the Romans and how different uh, and how different this letter is from the common practices of the time. He will help us understand how Philemon would have read it so we can apply the lessons to our own lives. The course, led by Bruce Gaylord, features video sessions by N.T. Wright and discussion. The oddest book in the Bible, Sundays from 9 to 10 a.m. in the coffee house. For more information, visit bloomingdalechurch.org slash adult ed. That's adulted Uh,
3: Maybe Timothy was written about Timothy to others It was written to Timothy It was written to Timothy And that is just inaccurate Wrong (laughs) So
0: here's my thought though So he writes it to Timothy But it's like advising him on ministry But Philemon is like a personal It's like it's not like like And then when you preach Make sure you do this And like take care of the church in this way Mm. Uh, But we're going to have ourselves We'll get to Timothy in a minute Um, I have here in my notes I was going to say Has uh, the oddest book in the Bible Has that started yet Bill?
1: It starts this Sunday, Max. It starts
0: this Sunday? I believe Bill? so. Man. <laughs> I thanks,
1: think so. Thanks for your wealth of knowledge, Bill. But if you go to adulted,
3: <laughs> Church.org slash adulted. Adulted. I'm sure the dates will be there.
0: You just got adulted. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving in the United States, and so Woo-hoo! we are going to take— Turkey Day! It's, ter- it's <laughs> International <laughs> <laughs> Chelsea Day—to uh, take the opportunity to share some of our favorite Thanksgiving memories. Um, Chelsea, your family does a big to-do for Thanksgiving, right?
3: Well, now Chelsea does a big to-do for Thanksgiving. Um, But yeah, growing up, I lived half a mile from my grandparents and my mom's sisters. Most of them lived within driving distance. And Hmm. so we would all get together for Thanksgiving um, at my grandma's house and we would just hang out and spend the day. And I remember a tradition that we, like, sort of started and didn't necessarily continue was, like, going to see a movie Mm. on Thanksgiving Day, because one of the few places that's open is movie theaters. And I remember we saw Toy Story in theaters on Thanksgiving Day many moons ago. (laughs) So, yeah. So Thanksgiving holidays are kind of, like, a big big deal, my Mm. fam. Yeah. So, yeah. In fact, my parents and sister, younger sister... A lot of people don't know I have a sister. Um, her name is Grace. But she and her husband are also here
2: yeah. um, for
3: Thanksgiving. And so we're hosting them, and I'm doing all almost all of the cooking. I prepped <laughs> the bird today.
0: Ooh. Mm. What do you do for prep for a turkey?
3: Oh, well, I last year was my first time cooking a turkey. Mm-hmm. And so I reached out to my dad's mom, who is, I think, almost 92 and has many, many years of cooking experience. And so I reached out to my aunt, who takes care of her, and I was like, hey, how do I cook a turkey? (laughs) And so we sort of did an adaptation of Grandma Reed's turkey with a little bit of Chelsea sauce because I never follow directions when I'm cooking. Mm. And so basically... On
0: principle or because you can't? yes (laughs)
3: yes <laughs> on principle sort of um so defrost the turkey that's essential don't try to cook a frozen turkey people just call butterball they have a helpline
0: um <laughs> do they really
2: yeah they, they really do the helpline?
3: They have, yeah oh man just, so it's awful. like idiot proof turkeys like they have like you don't have to use scissors like just pull these tabs i use scissors anyways because i was like i don't want turkey juice flying on me Whoa. but anyways um so you rinse it Make sure you remove the giblets. For those who don't know, there's yes. a bag of giblets and they put it in the neck hole. Very <laughs> counterintuitive. Last year, didn't find it till after we cooked it.
2: Oh, it was
0: fine. <laughs> the bag, you cooked the bag. <laughs> I
3: cooked the bag.
0: Is it a plastic bag? <laughs> yes. Oh. We didn't mama. die. I'm still
3: okay, I think. <laughs> oh,
0: my
2: word. Oh
3: my. So, you remove the giblet bag and <laughs> yeah. the neck and you take those and set them aside because you will Potentially use them if you're not totally horrified. Right. Or poison um, yourself with it. Or poison yourself. With Don't cook it in there. Anyway, so you rinse it, pat it dry, and I make like a compound butter, which is basically butter and spices and garlic. And okay. then you rub that under the skin. That's what? the trick. You got to get very personal with the turkey. Okay. So you put the butter under the skin as much as you're able to. It's kind of like throw back to biology in college where you're dissecting things it's like a little bit sure not everyone can do this okay but then you if nothing else put it on the outside of the skin
2: mm.
3: and then this is the this is the big deal so you take the turkey neck and the giblets <laughs> and um, onion celery carrots and the typical thanksgiving herbs and spices and you toss those in a pan you brown them mm-hmm. and then you basically you're making the basting some basting juice Ooh. so you can start basting mm-hmm. half an hour in because you don't usually get liquid runoff from the turkey until a little bit later so then you take a piece of cheesecloth and you dredge that in this broth that you've made and you put that over the breasts of the turkey to keep the moisture in okay and then you baste it every 30 minutes you put i put onions inside the turkey wow so it sounds a lot more complicated i'm happy to share the recipe email me chelsea r at bloomingdale church let's put it in
0: the description of this podcast (laughs) (laughs)
3: sounds good um so yeah that's i got it all prepped today so i can just try to take tomorrow easy because, that's, man, there's a lot of things to do. That's so much mm-hmm. work. Yeah. It is.
0: Why would we do that? Why would we just do Well, last we year it turned out hand? really good. I mean, it sounds amazing.
3: Um, You didn't ask this, but I'm going to share anyways. Please. So... <laughs> In 2017, Chris and I had been married for a little over a year, and he was working at CVS and was a manager who was on call, yeah. so we couldn't be with family for Thanksgiving. Yeah. So I was like, "Well, there's two of us. I'm not going to make a turkey. Also, my oven is tiny because I live at seminary and it's like 12 <laughs> inches wide. I remember that. Yes. So, oh yeah, you saw my I, apartment. I, That's I, yeah, so wild. Scott and
0: I spent the night at your apartment one yeah, time. Throwback.
3: So um, I decided to do a chicken instead. And oh. so that was, like, a fun adventure. And I brined the whole chicken. What does that mean? Basically, you make a solution of, like, salt water.
0: Like, you pickled you, the chicken.
3: Basically. you <laughs> you And it, like, makes it juicy and seasoned, like, all the way through. Because it's saturated. Like, you do it for, like, a day or two. Sure. The fridge, And it was, like... Very excellent. I've never taken the time to do that again. Wow! But that was our first little Thanksgiving, and I felt a little weird that we didn't do a turkey. But you don't have to do turkey if you don't like turkey. Do a ham. <sighs> Brian a chicken. Whatever.
0: Brian a ham. I hope when I'm thirty.
3: Brian a ham. That's a lot of sodium. <laughs> I
0: hope when I'm thirty, my <laughs> oh, work. my cooking is as illustrious as yours.
3: Come on over and I'll teach you. I was showing my Aww. sister, and she was like. It's gross looking. I'm like, I know, but <laughs> you got to do it.
0: I'm, on the scale of Grace to Chelsea, I think I'm, tr- I'm trying to oh, trend up. Oh, my mom's
3: up. far on the other end. She's like, I don't want to look at it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> she cooks to survive. She does not enjoy it.
0: And both your parents are here, right? Yes. So it's everyone but Scott and Leo.
3: Yes, and they'll be back later this week, so oh, the nice. eight of us will be able to hang out. And Grace is actually helping with worship, and I'm apparently oh, really? also helping with worship on Sunday exclusively. Not tonight. Not, not tonight. the
0: service tonight. This is a
3: crazy, eclectic hodgepodge of a week sure so
0: listeners if if you'd like to hear chelsea and grace lead worship there's a zero percent chance that this gets up before thanksgiving that's fine I'm, go I'm back, back and watch it actually
3: steph is leading and i'm supporting and grace is playing keys
0: grace is playing keys, <laughs> playing keys. that's so cool I know. Kristen.
3: i took up too much time
0: favorite that's okay we're gonna cut it all out okay. <laughs> it's i'm gonna say like what's your favorite memory and you're like <laughs> Grace is playing keys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, I rhymed a chicken. Okay, over to you.
0: <laughs> Kristen, favorite uh, Thanksgiving memory?
1: Um, I do have a very memorable one. Perfect. So it's ju- it was just me and my family, uh, my two parents, and then my younger sister. And um, it was my freshman year at college, and I had come home for Thanksgiving all the way from Chicago down to Louisiana. Mm. Um, so it was Thanksgiving Day, and it was probably like 60 degrees in Louisiana. So we were in our backyard playing frisbee, um, and uh, we afraid. heard this, this meowing in a tree right by my fence and what you need to know about my parents cat before you know anything else is that his name is hoppy and he's named that because he doesn't have any back legs he just has back feet so he looks he's shaped like a rabbit and he hops like a rabbit too and he doesn't even have a tail he just has a little stump um so this cat legs he does have front legs yes I need to see a picture of this later. Okay, I'll okay. show you. He's really cute. <laughs> and he's all white and fluffy too. Aww. But we heard him meowing. And so he was—he had somehow, with a, not <sighs> enough <laughs> legs, just climbed up the tree and was now stuck there. <laughs> um, probably like 15 feet in the air, as high as a bouldering wall, actually. Um, so my dad got That's a right. ladder and propped it up against the tree to get him down. But he didn't like it. He didn't know what was going on because he cats are not very smart this is true and so uh walnut sized brains yeah <laughs> that's not that's offensive. accurate <laughs> so that's <laughs> offensive. <Yeah>. Sorry, <laughs> um so he like tried to jump down at the same time as my dad was picking him up no. and ended up grabbing onto my dad's back like he was a backpack oh. and, yeah i know oh. And my dad was walking down the ladder with him like that because oh. you know there's no way to pry the cat off his back once the cat decides to stick his claws in. And so he was almost halfway down the ladder and the cat couldn't hang on anymore and he fell and hit the fence and then he fell on the ground. And he ran off with his little hoppy limb (laughs) and he was totally fine (laughs) afterwards but it was just quite an adventure because we didn't even know you could climb trees. Right? I don't think he he? knew he could climb (laughs) trees. So then... He's like, how how did I get up here? (laughs) What happened? This is no longer a thanksgiving memory but like 2 years later we saw him in a tree again <laughs> and is he like free range he's in he
0: is he grass fed
1: no
2: <laughs> he is <laughs> cage not cage he, cat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he lives in the house but he can come he and go outside. whenever okay, he wants okay. Okay. yeah okay. so my mom goes to get the ladder while he's in the tree and then she takes too long and comes back and he's not in the tree anymore he what? can climb down from trees what? this whole time. What? <laughs> the whole time? We did that for nothing. Kitty no. backpack with pain for your poor father. Yeah.
0: How what, did you? was your dad okay? Did
1: he have, was fine. We were all laughing our heads off. Oh my word. <laughs> well, cuz he wasn't shirtless, I'm assuming. It was 60, so right, again, He, he didn't have a shirt <laughs> on.
3: <laughs> well, like there's the barrier to the claws a little bit is what oh, my point was. Yeah, it I wasn't see. just like <laughs> bareback riding.
2: <laughs> just I'm ah. oh, happy it hurts. Oh. <laughs> That's um, wild.
0: Yeah, wow. I hate cats, man. I got no interest in cats. I'm sorry you had to hear that. (laughs) No, it's okay. It's okay. I I have a whole treatise about cats. Uh,
3: We should read it later.
0: I will. I'll read my um, manifesto about cats for a bonus (laughs) bit. Um, What... uh, Like uh, I definitely want an answer to the second question. I keep prefacing all my questions. I'm gonna stop. (laughs) I'm just straight. Ask you, Chelsea. What do you want to give God praise for in the life of Bloomingdale this year? What are you thankful for in the context of Bloomingdale Church?
3: Yeah, I am thankful for some really awesome leaders Hmm. who are like they're all in Mm -hmm. um, in the different ministries that we have. We have an awesome team on Friday nights at coffee house, and I'm super grateful for them. Um, And they're like people who are there every single Friday night giving their time um, to love on these teens who sometimes are not easy to love on. Mm. Um, So I'm grateful for them. And we have a couple new ones who are helping with like small groups and uh, just seeing, and, and a lot of them are young adults. So people who are somewhere between, you know, 21 and, 27. And, um, that's just really encouraging for me to see people in the church, young people in the church who are, um, finding places to serve and really investing. Um, and also I'm really grateful for, and I would like to praise God Mm. for, um, some new, new relationships with teens and just like seeing them go deeper too. So right now we're doing a, a Bible reading plan that's working through the old Testament and helping them to see scripture as a, a cohesive story and um, we have a a newer teen whose family has kind of come back to the church um, and, uh, we were reading together over FaceTime because she had a lot of questions and, um, and she was doing something with school. So we've had to kind of take a little bit of a break over the last month, but she texted me this week and it's like, basketball's over. Looking forward to, you know, reading the Bible together again. Also, how can I be praying for you this week? Mm. And that was really, really cool because this is a student who at the beginning of, you know, their time back was like yeah no i don't know who moses is so like sure you know operating from not a lot of basis and yeah. so um so that's been really cool and seeing our teens make connections about scripture and get excited about it yeah maddie shoemaker and the, the Mythbusters and just,
0: she's <laughs> yeah. a riot that's been really um, cool yeah. those are fun and they, they wrote those right
3: um, some of them, okay. <laughs> they had some help <laughs> with a few, uh, but they delivered them. That's, that's for sure. Yeah. And the enthusiasm was all genuine. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's some of the things that I'm really grateful for and mm. seeing the young adults ministry grow absolutely uh, has been encouraging. And that was what sparked the thought about my, the leaders.
2: So, yeah. Yeah.
3: Kristen. Also, Kristen being here. That's super cool. Oh, thank we you. like her. We'll keep her. <laughs> too
0: little, too late. Kristen. Sorry, I know. <laughs> uh, you haven't been here too long, but do you, I mean, in, in the context of, of the Bloomingdale Church, like, do you have mm. something you're thankful for?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I have at least one thing I'm thankful for over the past, you know, six months. Um, so what I want to share is give God praise for is what he's done in the lives of um. Some of the kids since Mm. I've come Mm. here that he's allowed me to see, and I'm sure he's doing so much more behind the scenes, but I've gotten to see um, a lot of it too, which has been so, so cool. So Mm. um, one of the kids has just been absorbing the stories so well that we've been telling um, in kids Mm. club. And we had um, a chance on Family Sunday, where we had all of the kids in with their parents, that was so and then cool. some of them told stories. Oh wow! And he was the last kid who told probably like a three-minute story about how My word, um, he was so
3: precious. Yeah,
1: it was about Abraham and Sarah <laughs> having <laughs> Isaac, right? And I told everyone to only tell short stories, but he just like went on and on and told all of the Give details, all the details. <laughs> and these aren't details that I'm sharing when I tell the story mm. to them. Like he goes home and reads it again in his Bible Bible. bible Mm, and then if he really likes the story he'll read it again Um, and so his mom was working with him so that he could be ready to tell the story on stage but he just like mostly would practice it on his own um Mm. and so it's been really cool to to see that happen and then um just last sunday one of the little preschoolers i love working with preschoolers so much because you never know what's going to come out of their mouth right Right. Um, they're hilarious (laughs) true but then also they it's just so fun to see them take these first steps, um, in their faith. Hmm. Um, since they're so young. So one of the preschoolers, um I <laughs> I'm all over the I'm all over the place, sorry. No, no, no. Um, but I always ask the kids each Sunday, um, if someone wants to come up and pray before we start kids club off. And so one of them raised her hand and walked right up and then she got up and was like I've never prayed in front of anyone before Aww. and she just started praying and then didn't really know where to go from that. So I just like <laughs> gave her a couple of prompts and helped her know what to say, yeah. but she said a whole prayer in front of anyone. Yeah. She never done that before. Yeah, so so cool. It was, it's, it's so exciting to see little adult leaders like who are that way. <laughs> <laughs> so she's <laughs> starting young. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's precious. Mm. Yeah. It's been a blessing to see these things Yeah, <laughs> make my week.
2: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So cute. Um and then what about in your in your personal lives? What do you want to give thanks for in your in your personal lives? Praise God for.
3: So many things. So many things. Do we have all day? No. Um I'm really grateful that my family was able to be here um this week. And like, I really miss my sister and my brother-in-law. That was one of the hardest things about moving away um, Mm -hmm. was leaving them behind. And so I'm super grateful for that. And the fact that like, we like each other and we get along, like I'm grateful. Some people's families are not that way. Um, And certain components of my family is not necessarily that way Mm -hmm. more broadly, but um, siblings and parents, like we are, you know, we get along and um, so it's really special to be together for the holidays and um my husband's family is going to be coming into town in december as well to Mm -hmm. spend some time with them so i'm just grateful for a family um and the ability to be together and also like for god's provision um i've thought a lot about that since the beginning of covid um you know with chris starting a new job like literally a week before the world shut down yeah. and like just seeing how God has um, just continued to meet our needs. And um, yeah, I mean, in in all of that and also seeing Chris really enjoy his job and really be thriving mm-hmm. is something I'm so grateful for because that has never been true um, mm. until we moved out here and God,
0: Absolutely. God
1: provided that. So Praise I'm God. grateful for that.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Krista?
1: I feel like I have a million things that I could say too. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'll just pick a couple. (laughs) Yeah. Um, A big one is being able to live in the house that I do. Hmm. So, I live in one of the parsonages on the um, church campus, and it's really nice. I have a whole guest room, I have a nice open floor plan with the living room and the kitchen. So, it just feels like a, a nice, big space and then i have it all to myself Mm -hmm. um i really like art so i get to hang things up just Mm. all over so many walls in my house um (laughs) same and uh, there's no more space (laughs) yeah but i'm so grateful that that's what god has provided because Mm. if i had you know been on my own trying to find an apartment and i just graduated from college in may so you know a first apartment is typically like um really tiny something with a bunch of other roommates um way too expensive yeah. you know mm. these different things you're living off ramen noodles for the first <laughs> couple of months but um that hasn't been my story because mm. of um just a a really great opportunity here at Bloomingdale Church so I'm I'm mm. like thankful every single day for um for where he's placed me
0: oh man I second that amen you second so having Kristen live being here homeless <laughs> That's what I keep thinking. Uh, So it's. uh,
3: How are we bringing it home?
0: I know. I'm trying to figure out. We're not going to have time for Thanksgiving trivia. That's okay. I'm sorry. I
3: don't know anything about Thanksgiving. Do
0: you guys want to do listener mail or do you want to leave it?
3: Was that Leah's question?
0: That's Leah's question.
3: Let's leave. Because I don't have a good answer to your question. Yeah. All right. That works for me. It's a toughie.
0: That works for me. When they when I get emails about like you had two smart ladies on the podcast and you didn't ask them the thing.
3: You didn't ask about women in ministry? Well
0: yeah. too you,
3: obvious. It was on the nose. I didn't we you ask, to talk about turkeys. Ask the girls
0: about <laughs> the girls. Um, Listeners, if you would like to be part of the show, you can send questions and would-you-rathers and trivia quizzes and the things that you want to praise God for to podcast at BloomingdaleChurch.org. For our closing segment this week, we might have a little time for just a little bit of trivia, uh, if you'll bear with us. Um, We don't have a prize. uh, Because we're just going to do some some rapid-fire Thanksgiving-themed trivia. Oh, boy. Um, For example, uh, do you guys know who the first president to pardon a turkey was?
3: To pardon?
0: To pardon a turkey. Are you familiar with the. What did
1: the turkey do?
3: Are you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was wondering. Are you familiar with the tradition of pardoning a turkey? No. No. Okay, well, that's (laughs) going to be. It's like Barabbas.
2: It's basically
0: like a Barabbas situation. That's exact. So, uh, for context. every year starting with john f kennedy okay
3: so that's who it was
0: it was john f kennedy who uh probably as a publicity stunt i don't know was like oh the president rather is going to pardon a turkey that is like in the same way that you pardon a criminal uh pardon a turkey from being killed for thanksgiving so then the turkey gets (laughs) to like live the rest of its life on like a Presidential farm Or something And so it's like A big thing
3: It's a turkey farm Where no one eats the turkeys That's
0: correct So it's like A big uh, It's like a big Like Just a tradition Just an American Tradition of
3: I'm so glad I know about this now mm, Now I don't know
0: What the president eats Because there's no way I mean you don't Eat turkey right You don't pardon one turkey but then because that one's pardoned a different one 100 oh, you do it's, uh, i
1: think yeah, so that's it's, how it works are
0: you serious yeah, yeah, yeah so. I'm you didn't sure. even know this tradition existed five no, minutes ago I, I think, so why I mean, I, I he
3: pardoned one that's the rule i and think the, the gonna, other one gets eaten
0: no way it's got to be like so. hammers it's like,
1: not all turkeys um, the one turkey yeah did
3: something It's bad. not like a universal it's not like the year of jubilee but where all turkeys so are pardoned
0: that's ridiculous i would be so upset if I was the turkey that got eaten, for obvious reasons. You'd
3: but already also, be dead. But,
0: like, I would have survivor's <laughs> guilt as the turkey that gets pardoned and then just a random different turkey You're dies overestimating instead.
1: You're a turkey's ability to hey, have feelings. they have a lot I of I don't emotion. think the turkey's there. He's on his happiness farm. Yeah.
0: Well, he, there's a big ceremony, and they, like, put the turkey next this to the podium. This is so
1: ludicrous. I can't believe you've never <laughs> I've heard said this. that word twice today. All right.
0: How many calories, on average, are consumed per person at Thanksgiving dinner?
1: 3,000. Oh, I was going to say 1,000.
0: God bless you, Kristen.
1: <laughs>
3: I wish it was a thousand. This is the United States. <laughs> What's the answer, Max?
0: Four thousand five hundred. Forty-five hundred calories. <gasps> In one
3: meal. Now,
0: there's a handful of people who are eating, you know, one hundred and fifty thousand calories, so it throws the average
2: yeah. off. Mm. Yeah. But
0: I think that's that's high um, and a little worrisome for me. Uh, how much was the world's most expensive Thanksgiving dinner on record? The
3: world's most
0: most expensive Thanksgiving dinner.
3: Was it like supplying one family? Like, I don't, yeah. I don't understand the For question.
0: one, fa- it was, it was at a restaurant.
3: Oh, mm. the world's most expensive. This poor restaurant. I have no idea. I have no concept. $1,500.
0: It was a... $150,000 oh. at New York City's old Homestead Steakhouse.
3: Wow. They must've had a lot of wine. That's right. <laughs> which,
0: uh, <laughs> do you know which president first ordered a national day of Thanksgiving?
1: JFK because he liked it so much. Apparently, Lincoln. We're in the land of Lincoln. I'm going with Lincoln. That's close.
0: No it was George Washington.
3: Oh, that was too obvious. Abraham <laughs> Lincoln
0: was the president that made Thanksgiving a permanent national holiday. Well,
3: bless you, Lincoln.
0: God bless Abraham Lincoln. He um, do you, there was one president who refused to celebrate Thanksgiving and, in fact, delayed it becoming a national holiday <sighs> quite a bit because of his opposition to it.
3: Mm. What a, <laughs> you
2: can edit that I, out. I, <laughs>
0: language. <laughs> Thomas Jefferson did oh. not... Appro- he said it was too close. Church and state wanted a separation. So he said it was inappropriate mm-hmm. for there to be a national day of Thanksgiving because he said it begged the question, who are we giving thanks to? Uh, Thomas Jefferson mm. also famously had his own version of the Bible yeah, that he added and subtracted yeah. a lot of uh, wrong yeah. things yeah. to. it
3: was like the trail mix version of the Bible. You just <laughs> pick out the peanuts if you don't like
2: <laughs> it.
0: Like, so,
3: right. People pick out the raisins, not the peanuts. I
0: would say it was like... It was to trail mix. It was to the Bible what M and Ms are to trail mix. Mm. It was just like, just yeah, there's like a little bit of that in there, things. but mostly it's just what you wanted to hear. Yeah. Um, and then uh, <laughs> James, it's a lot of right presidential trivia. James Madison declared two Thanksgivings in one year, assumedly to make up for Thomas Jefferson uh, declaring none.
3: Probably. Um, hmm.
0: And then let's see. I'm just like reading through a
3: giant list of of. Yeah, this is a lot of trivia. I'm sorry. I, I'm I'm amazed that there's as much. Um, it's do you know what the number one, like consumed, like, uh, I don't, I don't know how to ask this question, but like the most favorite universal part of Thanksgiving, like what the food is. I feel like people really like stuffing, but some people hate it. How is it not so,
0: mashed potatoes? Mashed potatoes Wait, are so what easy to make. I was thinking,
3: make. mashed potatoes. They're
0: so good. I don't
3: know. I would be really curious to know like the top rated Thanksgiving
0: food. I don't think I've met a person who like really strongly disliked mashed potatoes.
3: Yeah, but that doesn't make it my favorite.
0: I guess. But mm-hmm. if it's on average third and everybody else third. is like, you know.
3: Yeah, you're right.
0: Um, So let's see. I'm going to try. I'm trying to find like my last. What's the best piece of tri- trivia to close off with? Um. Okay. What is according to the Guinness Book of World Records, how heavy was the heaviest turkey on record? In pounds.
3: 45 pounds. That's a huge turkey. I don't know. 46 pounds.
0: <laughs> for ref- <laughs> she just oh, prices right at price right you. Uh, for reference, Chelsea, how heavy is the turkey that you are making? 21 pounds. 21 pounds. Uh, 86 Holy pounds. Holy cow. Oh, jeez. Has science gone too far? That steroids is all the time <laughs> that we have this week. I'm going to declare Kristen our winner. Uh, Good job, Kristen. Thank you. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, Your prize will be in next week. Uh, That is all the time that we have this week. Thank you, Chelsea. Thank you, Kristen.
3: Thank you, Max. Max. Uh,
0: (laughs) I didn't expect you both to do that. I was like, they won't know to do that, so I'll just blaze through it. Um,
1: uh, Kristen, will you take us home? I can try. Do it. (laughs) You have been listening to the Bloomingdale Church Podcast coming at you from bloomingdale illinois the heart of the nation the heart of the nation (laughs)
0: <laughs> I wish the listeners could see you kind of like did like a <laughs> sure did like really a we hearted. can do it like <laughs> yes. Rosie the Riveter arm there at the end. It's like the nation. <laughs> it's like mess with Texas. So you're from the South primarily. Yes. But you don't have an accent.
3: No. She moved there in high school. That's where her family still lives. That is uh, not, not so true. Actually. <laughs>
1: oh really? I, so I was born in Ohio, right Louisiana. Now, I do look ridiculous. I've also lived in Georgia, Tennessee. Um, and then I'll highlight for the very first part. Of okay, my life. sorry, but I my, was thinking specifically Louisiana. Yeah, but my parents are from the north. Oh, uh, so no, that's, that's, that's why. Yeah, my sister and it, like nobody in my family wants a southern accent, so we have just actively avoided it. <laughs> <laughs> that makes yeah. sense.
0: How many siblings you got?
1: Just one, one sister. Just a sister. sister. She's a
0: younger sister.
1: She's younger. That's correct. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How much gore? <young-or? laughs>
1: She's
3: 20.
0: Okay.
1: She's only yeah. two years younger.
0: Oh, because you're, you're 22. Right. Oh, Lord. My
3: sister's also 22.
0: I'm 27.
3: I'm 30. Yeah, but you're
0: old. I'm I young, but I'm 27. <laughs> oh,
3: you're getting old.
0: I'm getting old. You are. Fun fact. I'm. Sure, you probably have already been told this, but the probably. carpet that's in the hallway in your house mm-hmm. used to be the entire living room.
3: Mm-hmm. So I've heard, Yeah, yeah. like my apartment. You.
0: Those were the freaking days. <laughs> Those
3: are, I just
1: want the carpet gone. Because you live, used to live there. I it, lived right? there
0: for a year. I lived there longer than Leah did. That's yeah, my did. claim to fame. Because mm. <laughs> they moved upstairs before a year. But uh, after they moved upstairs, uh, I used to, I kept my key to the lower gray Marcia
3: don't listen to this
0: Marsha knows and she got really mad at me but i kept my key so what i would do is i would put all my computer and a bunch of stuff oh,
3: yeah you were writing your your video game i would put designing. my computer
0: and a bunch of stuff in a in a suitcase and bring mm-hmm. it over to the lower gray and set up my vr setup <laughs> to take up because there's no furniture in the kitchen at this point in the living room right so it's just a huge like just empty space so uh-huh. i set up my vr stuff and i was in the middle of developing a uh a vr game and so i could just run around the combined living room and kitchen in vr which was super spooky because you're like i can't see if somebody comes downstairs or like walks in the door like i'm not gonna see or hear them so like taking the vr goggles off was always a little like expecting to like find a you could just lock the door. a ghoul well the doors are all locked but
3: they certainly are. With Marcia has and keys. Leah. A lot of
0: people have keys. Yeah. Well, not a lot. I don't want to scare you. <laughs> Pretty much just the beards and then me at the time, but not anymore. And then Scott and Leah. But not anymore. But not anymore. So, yeah, you're fine.
3: You should give them one a spare key. Or just keep the stairs unlocked.
0: <laughs> That's a good move. Uh, Bill, really Great. quick. I'm just going to give you the rundown. I'd like Just like a one-sentence opinion on everything we talked about. Oh, all right. Leo to- Tolstoy. Uh,
1: Leo Tolstoy (laughs) Tolstoy. we talked
0: about Tolstoy he was the thing you didn't know Mm -hmm. Um, uh, the mic is on so if you would
2: um,
0: be bellied up to it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, he incorporated Christian themes into a lot of his work but according to J. Stephen Lang uh, by the end of his life was was not uh, a man of faith and he in fact claimed to be God's older brother faith says it all (laughs) Uh, you've read a lot of Tolstoy
4: you very recently I read, read War and, and Peace. Carina. Yeah. Did you read well, Anna Karenina? Yeah. Anna Karenina? Yeah. They're very, very Christian books. Right. Hmm. I mean, we're talking at the level of C.S. Lewis kind of Christian books. Jeez. But
3: C.S. Lewis didn't claim to be God's older brother.
4: That's true. Well, so where do you rectify like the fact to Tolstoy that Tolstoy... <laughs> I can't help but wonder, was he maybe losing his mind? Maybe he was mentally ill. I mean, Ill. that is sick. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's that's what it sounds like. <laughs>
0: Um, uh, for sermon roundup, <laughs> um, uh, how do you go about answering like the questions that uh, Eric brought up? Like you know, questions of you know, how does God does how does God have a son? How can God die? Like when it comes to answering people's questions that come to you in Alpha or come to you in, in other ministries, um, you know, do you have a, a specific process of of how to handle those questions or how you know we should handle those questions if people ask us them in our everyday lives?
4: The thing I try to remind myself is be respectful, mm. because some of the questions are just so out there, crazy, stupid. Mm. That you think, All right. <laughs> so that's my biggest problem. Just like hold back, you know. Don't mm. don't belittle the question. Yeah. Mm. Because you're belittling the questioner. Mm. Mm. Is God afraid of questions? And oh no, man. <laughs> Look at. Job 38 to 42, especially 38 to 41, he says to Job, I will question you and you will answer. Mm -hmm. And then it's a series of close to 200 questions. (laughs) Fair enough. Um,
0: What's one thing that everyone should know about Kristen?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Curious to hear what you're going to (laughs) say. Well... I just love everything about Kristen. Oh, thank you. I really do. But one thing that she brings that I admire because I have no ability in this area, she's very artistic. Mm. So that also means that she sees the world through artistic eyes. And, man, I think that's so wonderful for children's work. Because children see the world much more artistically Mm. than they will Mm. when they're even... 15 years old it, yeah. mm-hmm. it's something that gets sucked out of us
2: mm. yeah. Yeah.
4: You say to a group of kindergartners How many of you? Can draw and everybody will raise their hand mm. <laughs> you say that to a bunch of college students and Everybody will say that I'm, I'm not an art major. Mm. It's, it's just like it just leaves us for some reason.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, yeah.
0: Cool. Absolutely um, uh, what do you want to praise God for that happened at Bloomingdale Church this year?
4: Hmm. I like the changes that have been made because of COVID and just what was simmering underneath. Hmm. So, I like these service time changes. We're going to have to tweak them because it's killing a doll bed. So, we've got to figure something out. Right. But, it, I think it's much more conducive to families being able to come to church. What we've got now, yeah, I, I like it that we've started regeneration. Hmm. What an awesome thing to have going! I like it that we're seeing children showing up at church um, while they're here for Sunday kids club, and yeah, I like it what Chelsea and Scott and Leah are doing with young adults and. and from even Sunday morning, a young adult shows up. Man, they're going to meet somebody that's a young adult. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to meet Chelsea, Leah, Scott, but they're also going to meet somebody like Anthony Osorio or Josh Ramirez or Max Termin. There's there's <laughs> critical mass there for them to meet. Yeah. And then what they're doing with the discipleship on Friday morning, Saturday morning, what what Thursday Leah and Scott for the are doing. Ladies. It, it's just, it, it's really, I don't think people realize there's a revival going on in young adults. Mm-hmm. It's, it's wonderful to be able to see.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: What do you want to praise God for in your personal life this year? That I made it to Boston. I'm yeah. going to go to Boston yeah. on April, yeah. sessions, My uh, on April 18th. Are here, so you April can ask him. I am going to ask him. <laughs> <them>, yes.
0: <laughs> Congratulations. That was like last week, right?
4: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got the notice on Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Man. <laughs> Didn't even believe it. Just thought, oh man, malware, you know, somebody's messing with me. <laughs> <laughs> we should have sent something on the service. It's in those, um it's in a video announcement this week. Oh, perfect. Okay. Cool. Um Oh, has the uh oddest book in the Bible class started yet? Yes. It was terrific. Hmm. Now here is the I problem. There were only three of us. Counting the teacher. Ah. So that reminds me, I have to make a phone call to him. So we're wondering, should he wait until January and have a class that has critical mass? Is this going to continue to be a problem like it looks like it's going to be? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what can we do to make mm-hmm. sure that we really have classes that work, yeah. you
2: know, mm-hmm.
4: attendance-wise? Hmm. And who was
0: the first president to partner Turkey?
4: Probably Abraham Lincoln it was JFK no kidding it took mm-hmm. that long yeah but, wow. Abraham Lincoln was
0: the one who made it an annual yeah
4: that's why I thought it was him yeah
0: huh um, oh how, how much he
2: knew that <laughs> much, Bill knows
0: everything uh, how much was the uh, heaviest turkey on record Guinness Book of World Records I have no idea I can't wait to hear this answer 86 pounds Wow. It's a lot of turkey. Wow.
1: It's a big turkey. Oh. Did someone cook it, Sorry. or was it just like a Big boy. I think, it, I
0: think at that point, it deserves to live. Like, at that point. Though, I don't know. But I, they
1: had to weigh it at some point. So, did they weigh it alive or cooked? Oh, I think they definitely You're weighed right. it alive. They
0: did okay. weigh it. Whoa.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, turkeys are, they can get mean-spirited. You sure. Know, you can get you snapped it.
0: At. Uh, thats I guess that's true. You could knock it out <laughs> and throw it on a scotch. You know,
4: there Mr. are turkey. turkeys running around in Manhattan. Like all the well, time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you wax? exactly where they're at. They're in Lower Manhattan. They're where you get on the boat to go to Ellis Island. There's, there's a those b- turkeys. bunch of turkeys running around there. Double of turkeys. Hmm. You gotta be kidding me. Huh. I, I mean, can you get any more urban than Lower <laughs> Manhattan? And there's a bunch of turkeys. <laughs> Are they dangerous? I don't think they're dangerous, but man, you don't want to get into it with birds. Mm. Uh, I'll tell you why. Did you be. know that? A, Uh, Let's say a swan is on the lake. If it comes after you, a goose or a swan, they can break your arm with their wing. Right. You've said that. Yeah. They can break an oar off of a rowboat. You you haven't seen that. No. No, but I've read about it and you think, oh, man, I do not want to get into it with these guys. That's ridiculous. Yeah.
1: I'm going to have to change the number of how many geese I think I can fight.
4: <laughs> yeah, now, I shouldn't have said geese, because I don't know for sure what geese, but I'm just looking at them. Those are pretty big birds. And right. A goose can do and I don't know if a swan can do it. Oh, golly. How many geese do you think you can fight, Kristen?
1: Well, before, I would have <laughs> thought I could fight, I don't know, maybe 30, because you just you can grab their neck Yeah, you got to go, adjust that number. But grab now that and... I know their wings could break my arm, <laughs> maybe like three, but I have to do it real quick. Yeah, oh, that's yeah.
4: true. <laughs> I do not like getting into Because they're always in the way when you're running. Right. Um,
1: yeah. It's
4: like, uh, I'm not, I just don't really want them. They start hissing at you. Yeah,
3: that's the creepiest part, is oh, They yeah. hiss. <laughs> and you're like, why are you hissing, Yeah. snake bird?
0: Snake demons. <laughs>
3: what does the Bible say about <laughs> snakes? What
0: does the Bible birds? say about snakes? And then the uh, last question is, uh, what's your favorite uh, Thanksgiving story? Hmm. Also, the microphone is now recording your chest.
4: (laughs) I know. (laughs) It's just a bad day for this mic. Well, okay. One of them. this was when I was in seminary, David, Bruce Fleming, St. Alice and I all wanted to go home. We all lived in Akron. And it started snowing, say like a, one in the afternoon, we think, you know what? That's okay. We've seen snow before. But this snow was really heavy. I mean, it was coming down. One of those, like, couple mm-hmm. of inches an hour kind of heavy. Yeah. So we drive through Chicago, and it's rough. and We're only going about 25, 30 miles an hour on the turnpike, Dang. that I-80. mm mm-hmm. And it's really piling up. At one point, there's two women walking alongside the turnpike. So we stop, and it's a mother-daughter combination. We pick them up. Their car's broken down. Well, where do you live? And they lived, like, right over the border in Michigan. So, okay, well, we'll take you to your house. And David says, it's a good thing we stopped. You would have died out there. <laughs> <laughs> you think David? that's a little too melodramatic the other guy Bruce is witnessing to them and the nice thing was they warmed up the car the car wasn't really that warm the heater wasn't working that great mm-hmm. so six people in that car yeah we were warm <laughs> Snuggled. so we kept driving and driving after we dropped them off and it gets to the place where we've got to pull off the side road to clear off the windshield wipers and on you know the like the little spur that takes you off the expressway and Bruce says, you know, you're not on the road anymore. So, well, how do you know? He says, well, streetlights are way over there. Oh, wow. I was like maybe 150 feet <laughs> what? to the right of these streetlights. And, um, and amazingly, we, you know, we're just driving in a field at that yeah. point. We did not get stuck. Wow. Yeah. Hand of God on us because I have no explanation other than other cars evidently did it cuz I just felt like all I was doing was following tire tracks. Right. Jeez. Yeah. So that goes on <laughs> until you get to the the border of Ohio. And as soon as we got to Ohio, no more snow. It only had rained. So that should have been like a seven, eight-hour trip. It took thirteen hours to get home. Man, yeah. So we get home like a three in the morning. Oh, that was a brutal. Just in ride. time
3: to put a turkey in the oven.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thank you, Bill. Great being here. Great having
3: <laughs> you. Do you want to introduce him? At the beginning, or to uh, attack his well, answer? I
0: introduced him at the. I introduced. Him, I did say joining us later is Bill Calvin. Oh, that's true. Ah, that's okay. But I'm not. I'll just. We'll have this segment as a bonus bit.
3: Bonus
4: bit at the end. Cool. So perfect. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice to be in this. <laughs> yeah. Glad you could join us.
0: <laughs> I um. I'm, it was
3: shenanigans for sure. It
0: was wild shenanigans, but it was a good time. Kristen, do you have fun?
1: I did. I liked it.
0: Were you nervous for the whole nah, thing? She was
1: fine. <laughs> not really. Fine.
0: Nice. There's not much to be scared of. It's pretty
3: dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun. I love being on the podcast.
4: <laughs> and I'm always surprised at who walks up and says, oh, man, I just love this podcast. I mean, you listen to this. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's like really long and weird, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, now I'm used to it that young people walk up to it, but yeah. I'll get somebody like Bruce Mengfeld's One of them, i like, hey, yeah, I'm all he over. He is that. a
3: riot. The yeah. Stuff he posts on Facebook, I'm like, are you and my husband like in cahoots? Because they post similar kinds of. <laughs> Chris
0: things. posts some amazing things. <laughs> Listeners, it's if really you funny. are not following Chris Reinhold on Facebook, you should. He posts. Mm-hmm. It's a little. It's a little edgy sometimes. Sometimes
3: it sometimes is. Sometimes
0: I'm like language
3: sometimes he'd be like i want to post this but i can't And i'm like you're right you can't but it's funny
0: it's true ephesians 5 today i was reading talking about crass jokes
3: i know i should I'm send, working a, on him. send
0: a photocopy to your husband
3: yeah. <laughs> he'll take that really well
0: <laughs> <laughs> he'd probably mail it back to me with some choice words <laughs>
3: cool anyways
0: well we're we're done officially
3: all right bill what do you right. need to talk to me about because i gotta pee So what am I supposed to do with this would-you-rather thing?
0: I mean, you can ask any would-you-rather question you want. You don't have to use the cards. (laughs) Would-you-rather... Here we go.
3: (laughs) ...drive 100 miles on a freeway with speed bumps every half a mile. Or, I'm doing mix and match. Allow the person his or her privacy because he's doing a good job. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I did not read that in advance. The
0: second one, I think. Uh, (laughs) I would allow the person privacy. Um... (laughs)
3: Is that what he does, does with the mix and match? Yeah. He just combines.
0: Which is why he doesn't like doing it, but I love it. Like, oh I think God, it bothers ridiculous. him. It bothers him because it's incongruous. Oh, it but is. I I'm going to do it, it because it bothers him. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. He's not going to listen to this. Well, Leah will.
1: Leah. Well, I love you, Leah. Hi, Leah. Hi, Leah. Hi, Leah. Little, 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 Let's little. say
0: our favorite thing about Leah for a sound check. She's tiny. That's your favorite thing about Leah? She's
3: so fun-sized. Because my my sister and I are huge.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah. Chelsea Reinhold, famously huge.
3: She's like seven
0: hundred feet tall and like a (laughs) two ton gorilla.
3: Basically. No, she's no, that's not my favorite thing. It just was what came to mind
1: first is that she's tiny.
0: Well, that's your final answer. Kristen, favorite thing about Leah? Dang
1: it, she's so wise for someone who's like was such a, better such a answer. good friend <laughs> so young
3: she is super wise she's also really funny she's
0: so wise she I
3: love that she's a bro and she taught Scott how to throw a football
0: yes <laughs> you know when I was in Mexico I'm gonna put on my Dan Marcello hat <laughs> One- when I was in Mexico, for, adopting
3: my daughter. Wow, careful! Wow.
0: Um, that was my whole shin. Uh, <laughs> Ouch. When I was in Mexico, they told us uh, um, that when it's hot outside, construction workers will drink hot soup um, because I don't think I don't it makes know them if, sweat. I don't know if it's scientific.
3: Makes their insides match their outside. what they
0: told me, what these what these ladies, these fifty year old ladies, yes. told me, yeah, uh, was that. When you eat cold food, your body has to heat it up in order to di- digest it. And so heating it up heats you up. But when you drink hot liquids, uh, your body doesn't have to heat up because it's already a liquid and it's already warm. And so it cools you down to drink hot liquids on a hot day. I don't day. think
3: that's science.
0: <laughs> I'm, I don't think it is. But it, I've, I've thought about it pretty consistently
3: But when you eat, your body sends blood and energy to digesting food. So sometimes you get cold after you eat, like your arms and legs. So maybe the trick when you're hot is just to eat.
0: So you sweat when you talk to people and you get cold when you eat.
3: I don't usually actually get cold when I eat.
0: Chelsea Reinhold, you are a product of the fall.
3: I am certainly (laughs) that. Just ask my mother. Oh, God. I'm just kidding.
0: I actually... Jeez, <laughs> I was thinking. Um, I want. Is, do I? Do you pronounce your last name Burnett? Yes. Are you related to Carol Burnetti. Burnett? No. My mom will be so disappointed.
1: My mom's name is Carla Burnett. Whoa!
0: Mm. Do I'm people tell think my that that's that like that a pseudonym and she's started. like
1: masquerading with? Unfortunately, your mom's no. <laughs> that's just what she says when people ask her how to spell her name. Yeah, it. it's
0: like Carol. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell my mom that. Uh, I had Carol Burnett's granddaughter on the show.
1: You can do that. Show. Thank
0: you. She'll yeah.
3: believe it. And she'll get so excited. And Max will be like, she'll never
0: know. Then she'll listen to this episode. and
3: but You can cut this part out.
0: I won't.